Hello. Hey, what's up? This is Ergo. It is. I'm Kiss. I am Damon. And what we do is we showcase the folks reshaping the culture of Chicago for the more equitable and the more creative. We're getting we're getting too like proficient and concise at the intro, I think. That was too good. Yeah, we need to we just sloppy that on up. It's like a long hour. Like we gotta stretch a little bit, stretch a little bit. Uh how are you feeling, Dan? I'm feeling alright. Uh I just got a boost as we got into the studio because I realized everybody get your noises ready. Today is Ergo's three year anniversary. Three three years we've been doing this coming up to WHBK, so that's wild. Yeah, three years ago, it wasn't our first guest. We did like a little like preview episode because Damon and I had never talked on the air together other than like one time on my my college show. So we never like co-hosted a thing. So we just came up here and like bullshitted for an hour. And uh, that was three years ago, and we've done a lot of chatting into microphones since. So, congratulations, my friend! Congratulations to you for all, all the folks who've put up with us for three years. That's a lot of our voice. So, I, I commend you for for getting oh, through that. My God, can you imagine? No, three years? no, I can't. This is the longest I've never had a three year anniversary of anything before. Well, congratulations, my friend. <laughs> I'm expecting dinner. <laughs> well, so am I. So something's gonna have to give here, Dame. <laughs> uh, let's let's do some community announcements. You got anything you want to plug? I don't. I'm going out of town, so good where you, luck. Where are you going? I'm going on a cruise. Y'all might remember this for the the deep ergo listeners. I've a uh, festival at sea happening this year for my father's performing uh also in vogue and anthony hamilton will be there <laughs> i'm going over i'm you know so if you're gonna be in cayman islands or the bahamas or something come rock with me I, oh silver room black party is the 21st mm-hmm. everybody should go to that i'm actually yeah. very salty that i'm gonna be missing that but i shall prevail I wonder if we have any listeners in the Bahamas. If you are a listener in the Bahamas, please tweet at us and please go find Damon. We'll give you a free t-shirt or something like that. For sure. Also, we should get some more t-shirts made. Also, community announcements. Today, uh, that's the 19th at the Ace Hotel, is a panel that I'm actually really excited for. And I don't get excited for panels often. It's the making of Saba's Care for Me. Um, And this is put together by Dynasty Podcast, which we were on about a year ago. Um, So, Sab. And then his two managers, Christelle and Rory, and then two of the producers on the project, uh, Dede and Daoud, going to be in conversation about how what I think is the best album of the year got put together. Um, and then on Saturday, well, Pitchforks this weekend, if you're into that sort of thing, I will be there. <laughs> I finessed a press pass for the first time ever, so I'm very excited about that. Um, that's less of a community announcement and more just a, I'm feeling like press. Um, but afterwards on Saturday, and after the block party, or if you dip, uh, dip out early, is an after show at, uh, is it at Lincoln Hall or at Shuba's? Shuba's. At Shuba's uh, with Kwaku Collins, Johnny Jones, and someone who you're, you're going to learn a little bit about today, uh, Luna Day performing. Um, and then on the 25th is a Let Us Breathe open mic at The Space, 1434 West 51st, called In the Yard. Um, and then the 26th, so that's next Thursday, and we'll plug it again then. Um, but my brother, Aaron, also known as Little Bear, is doing a backyard release show. It's going to be food and kiddie pools and all kinds of fun stuff for the new EP needs. Um, so it's at my house. You should come through. Dope. That's all I got. You want to nope. you wanna bring oh, us in? Yes, yes. Today we have a special guest here. We're very excited to have actually uh, somewhat of a retiring guest. Um Lovely performer, uh, has been just lighting us up with, with her energy and aura, getting ready for today. Everybody makes some noise. We got Luna Day in the building. Purr, 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 purr. Meow. 
Hello. Hey. So for those who don't know, we make our own sounds that here. Was at Radio. We, made, we each did an animal and then we just both looked at you with an expectation. <laughs> Sometimes people like do an animal back, but we didn't ask you to do that. We just stared at you. I was All like, right. so what animal are you going to do, Luna? Come on. So we always like to start the uh, the show with a two-part question. Mm-hmm. Um, and so answer it how you, how you feel in this time. And time can be defined in many ways. That could be today. That can be this hour this season, this lifetime, in this time, how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world? Oh, the world is catering to my needs. And that's a good place to be. I am reacting in such ways. Mm. I'm here. I'm trying to be present at all times. That's how I'm treating the world. What are some ways it's, oh yeah. What are some ways that it's catering to your needs? Like a, like a buffet on a cruise ship. (laughs) (laughs) nurturing (laughs) i would say that um i'm just in a place where um realizing that you get exactly what you ask for you ask for um anything in life like ask for success you're gonna have to go through some things to get there and whatever that may be it's like that's the world that's the universe god however you think of it reciprocating that that need for growth Mm. So let's let's get a little more specific. Are you mm-hmm. in a like asking for things mode right now, or are you in a like I, I think about it as like when you plant crops, you reap and then you sell, like you put in the work and then you get yeah. to get the crops. Where are you in that? I'm growing, being mm-hmm. watered and mm-hmm. growing and soaking up the sun, mm-hmm. enduring the storms and the wind. Nice. <laughs> this is actually a question we've never asked before. What what? plant let's say what vegetable would you be Ooh. Mm, what and that's vegetable? an open question to the three of us yeah asparagus <laughs> good one, good one. <laughs> yum fantastic i don't got one you no go hesitation yeah you were ready for that <laughs> why asparagus asparagus is good it's good on the grill it's like a flower it looks like mm-hmm. a flower mm. Interesting thing about asparagus, fun fact. Of uh, course you have an asparagus fun fact. <laughs> it's not really that fun. It's just how asparagus grows. So it only you only get one picking of asparagus. It doesn't uh, like keep growing the same way like a tomato plant does. Mm-hmm. You have to dig like a trench for it and then plant it in the cold. And then it's one of the first things that comes up in the, sun, in the spring. Wow. Um, so there's a the more you know type situation. I think I'm a zucchini. Okay. I like a zucchini. I don't love a zucchini. <laughs> so what does that. that say about me? But I think like a like a like a goldenrod zucchini. Mm-hmm. So it's like bright yellow with a little green cap on top. Okay. That's what I think. Oh, I that's got. cute. Yeah, it kind of matches. Not that my hair is green, but the look, it kind of like just fits mm-hmm. on top. What do you got, Dame? And you're not this you're not beholden. This is not I'm a not. it's on the record, but it's not like legally on the record. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm just bushing here. Bullshit a little. Uh kale. I had kale today. And why? Uh because I'm I'm vegetable illiterate and I know that's one of the more popular ones. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the the growing seasons or nothing, but I've been like, you know, it's like the one that's like, hey, you got some kale today? You did a leafy good, greens. You did, you know, yeah. It's a go-to. <laughs> I want to be a go-to guy. There it is. There you go. Metaphor. Okay. There's also another <laughs> There's another name for kale that I've been trying. It's like Amana or something like that. Oh, no. Come on, man. Yeah. Let's bring this back on the rails. All right. Fine. <laughs> so so we, we got our veggies handled um, in that Here's the thing. In that growing process. What do you Why mean? are we so possessive of vegetables? You know, it's the, like one of the only things where they say, did you eat your vegetables? 
Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah. No one says, did you eat your fruit? No, it says, you know, yeah. Yeah. Why are we? So why are they your vegetables? I mean, it's your intake, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nobody says, did you drink your water? Like, did, did you drink water? Yeah. Right. All right. That's I'm sorry. All right. We'll, we'll get away from that. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what we're going to do for the next 45 minutes. We're going to ask you rhetorical questions that have nothing to do with your life. <laughs> and then we're going to stare at you until you answer them. I'm about it. Okay, I'm cool. I'm pretty quick with it. So let's get, what, what, is, what are clouds? <laughs> no. But so in, in, in this moment, and I know to get specific, you got some exciting stuff coming up this weekend. We mentioned the show that you're doing at was just, you know, and, and and playing some stuff around the around Pitchfork, right? Yeah. Who are you playing with? Smino. Cool. Have y'all been, I'm, I'm just doing the radio stuff up top and then we'll get into the weird stuff. Have y'all been doing stuff before? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been singing with him for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing spot dates. Um, yeah, like a mini tour mm-hmm. with the jupiter band jam which is cool um yeah so i guess it's, it's festival season so pitchfork he's playing on sunday it's gonna be really amazing um i'm excited yeah. for y'all to see it it's yeah, gonna yeah. be great and then how are you feeling about saturday have you done i know you you've done like many 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 shows both by yourself and with you know the we'll get into all that but yeah um, how are you feeling about Saturday? What 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 feels exciting about the next chapter of performances for you? That feels new. That feels like growth. People seeing me mm-hmm. and seeing what I can do because a lot of people don't know. Um, they just don't know. Mm-hmm. Like they haven't seen me. They haven't been able to come out to a show. So it's, I'm excited to share creatively how much I've I've pushed myself to express myself better mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I'm just excited to share. <laughs> so I, I have seen you, and I, I've seen you for a while. And I, you know, I've I always knew and and can identify that you're a really like dynamic and explosive performer. So I'm excited for you like to have this time where you're developing your like personal platform. But I'm curious how like all of the I guess the power that you can bring to stage. How does that kind of align with supporting other folks and being in like uh, a more vocalist like background position how has that been helping or contributing to your growth for this moment now where you're like mm-hmm. you're you know you're, just realizing you're, you're you gotta, about to harvest yeah you got to keep that same energy mm-hmm. around the, you know across can the you can you though yes Re- okay <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm Demon's not <laughs> necessarily the center of attention when i'm backing someone but that energy on the stage is is going to get come across some way somehow because you're on stage mm-hmm. like they're looking at you yeah, yeah. like you're it's- up there for a reason so it's like you may as well entertain it's being engaged and also just learning a lot being able to watch yeah that was my next question like what what can you learn from that different perspective like you, you're going to all these different spaces you're traveling in different cities but it's not the like mm-hmm. you know it's a different vantage point what, what, yeah. how has it like helped your development i would say that like just being able to connect with the audience and i don't know sometimes when i'm on stage i'm not necessarily paying attention to what everybody else is doing um just because I'm focused at looking forward and staying engaged with the audience. And it's just really cool to see that people are like, see people connect with me. Obviously I'm performing with him, like seeing them connect with him and seeing how he communicates with them on stage. It's awesome. And also 
just realizing, you know, like how to how to get the flow, the, the show flow going. Yeah. As well as twirling microphones. I think he's one of the the greatest yes. microphone twirlers. A great <laughs> microphone twirler. <laughs> I wonder if that's because I bet he could do all the like drugs since he drums all the drumstick uh, okay. tricks. I wonder if it comes from comes that. So naturally. You, yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> So you said when you're performing, whether it's you know in whatever role, you're mostly like locked in on the audience rather than the other people on stage. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you're locked in on like particular individuals, on the whole crowd, on a spot? Like wh- the where crowd. are you the whole crowd? I would say the whole crowd. There's times when I connect with like one person in the front row they're like yeah get that get that and i'm just like yeah which is like right there that always feels like in, <laughs> in, in the few times obviously i don't do music in the same way but like if i'm hosting or i'm on stage with a microphone and i like have that very one-on-one thing i'm like oh this is like a little intimate there's all these other people here do you ever like get weirded out by that one like one person connection there sometimes yeah and i break it immediately oh man so in in that process of you know well actually let me let me stay on that for one second have you ever seen from the stage something really really wild happening in the crowd and just had to like not focus <laughs> on it oh and my keep god going on your set? i saw a fight once mm-hmm. it was a care to elaborate <laughs> Oh, this guy was, um, we were on tour. This is the control tour last year. And it was like um, a problem with like people fainting mm. because they would be standing there for hours and they wouldn't have any water. Mm-hmm. So people would be like in like standing there getting agitated, fainting and everything. So I would constantly see that. But one night it was a fight that happened. This guy was pushing his way through the audience and pushed the wrong girl and somebody turned around and like just whacked him mm. and security rushed in and they diffused the situation very mm-hmm. very yeah. quickly mm-hmm. but it was just something i was just like okay um this is happening right in front of me and we're in the middle of the song or like at least he was talking and we yeah. were like segueing into a different <laughs> yeah. song so i was just like okay i gotta stay focused yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's imagine a little bit because that's a a real dynamic that I think we kind of talk around a lot, especially off the show, is like, I can find a lot of concerts to be uncomfortable. So let's imagine like you on your trajectory, you get to the ultimate point of power as an artistic performer and you can like shape your rooms how they would. How do we, how can we make concerts more comfortable for people who go so that people don't faint and fight? Uh, make sure they have water. Water. Mm-hmm. Free water. Free water. I'm, we're big fans of optional seating. Like, yes. just make sure there's a couple chairs Doesn't somewhere. Have to be a theater. <laughs> not everyone needs a chair because not everyone's going to want to sit. Yeah. But if you want to sit, you should be able to. There sit. should be a place to go. Most venues should have standing room and seating. Yeah. It just should be an option. One of my proudest <laughs> accomplishments in my 26 and a half years on this earth is I went to Joseph Chilean show. The Joseph Chilean yeah. show. So Joseph, I can't even. It wasn't a release show. It was just like a, a concert at Lincoln Hall, I think, and. I just decided I wanted to sit and they had no seats. And so I just said, Hey, I I like my back did hurt, but I said I had a back problem, which was not untrue Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. that day my back was a problem. (laughs) So they just gave me a chair and I just sat right in the middle of the room in a chair. Nice. Everyone else was standing. I felt really (laughs) proud about that. That's the ultimate finesse. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of a game to give to folks. Just like lie about ailments and you could get special treatment. <laughs> well, <laughs> today. Yeah, it's a slippery slope, but. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're at a, a point of like, a, a, a what's the word? Is it cusp or precipice? I think both will apply. You're, you're about to blow, I, I feel. I'm, I'm putting that out into the world. Let's like go back to home. 
Mm-hmm. And let's go back to some origin and to some roots. So where is home for you? St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. So we're in St. Louis. I was born closer to the West Side, mm-hmm. um, born and raised. And right now my mom stays on the South Side. So that's where I be okay. when I'm back. I don't have a perception of the geography, but someone listening might. And I wanted to make sure that they had everything <laughs> oh, yeah. grounded in place. I'm not I'm not on the state streets. Um, I'm closer to downtown. So like Shoto, Cherokee, or no, Shoto, um, Gravoy, that area. If we got some St. Louis listeners. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shout I'll, out to I'll, always shout out to the Louis. I, it holds a very, very special place in my heart. <laughs> um, so... Uh, talk a little bit about the, you know, the transition into coming into an, a new space. And like, when did you leave home? Do you consider yourself home here in Chicago? Do, mm-hmm. do, are, are you grounded? Very much so. I left St. Louis in 2010. I came here for school. Mm-hmm. So since Were you a then, Columbia kid? Yes. Uh, another 100%. Columbia kid. Did you complete your education at Columbia? I was on the brink of completing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they curved me. We have a latent beef here with Columbia. No. Oh. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just think they're, you know, they're kind of like a them and SIU for like payday loan scams to me. I feel like they, they are. To they school, hurt a lot of their students. They are to schools as I was to chairs at that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a bittersweet relationship, I guess. Where it's like you, I went there and I got a lot of experience mm-hmm. and knowledge that I carry with me now, right. and I've Meet a lot connected of with yeah. a lot of people. You know that that has turned into a very wide intricate web now where like I know the people I know but at the same time they don't necessarily um nurture you on that the after it's all mm-hmm. where it's you know yeah it's it's odd but bless Columbia <laughs> can we just take a we're getting old moment for one second because we start we both started college in 2010 too that was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. We are bordering on no longer young. Do you feel Do that? Do you feel young? How, how are you doing with your youthfulness? Um, I am as you have a youthful very spirit. young. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think of myself as getting old. I think I'm very young spirited. How are you um, feeling with that, Dame? Uh, and black don't crack. True, true. I think <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I feel like I'm like missing some of the like prime but when i'm around younger people when i'm around like a 20 year old i don't necessarily every time feel like i'm five years older than them. Mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. like looking at them mm-hmm. and it might just be like some uh dysmorphia like i, I don't see myself the way i actually look mm-hmm. but yeah I'm, I'm real i'm in a real like uh quagmire i don't know how old i actually <laughs> <Real> am <quagmire. laughs> i love the way you yeah. quagmire. Yeah, I, I bought a, a move today david's been reading yeah. the dictionary in between shows <laughs> So, so you came to the city for that. Let, let's go back even before that to, to St. Louis. Where did you start? Whether it was making music or just listening to music in a real, like, intentional way. Where did that relationship with sound start for you? Well, I started singing when I was three. Um, my sister taught me piano. First thing she taught me was Ode to Joy, Beethoven. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I started playing piano or at least just, like, floofing around. Mm-hmm. Maybe when I was, like, five or six. Started writing when I was in elementary school. Um, and I always was listening to music. And I knew that I wanted to sing. And this is, like, something I wanted to do yeah. in some way. Have you been able to find any of those old things you wrote? No. No. I lost all my journals and writings. Oh, were you writing sucks. melodies or you were writing lyrics or both? I was writing melodies and songs. Wow, that's cool. So I wasn't producing yet. 
um, I was just really inspired by the music that I was listening to. That makes sense. You were about seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, your Ableton skills were not that high. <laughs> so you just learned how to write your ABCs. But so that that's cool. And where what what kind of sounds were kind of in the background of your house? Um, let's say um, Tamia. Ooh. Um, Mary J. Good poll. Yeah. It's the first Tamiya <laughs> reference we've had in not three years. Really? Yeah. Um, Mary J, of course, voice to men. My sister is seven years older than me, so ah. she was listening to a lot of Backstreet Boys and No Doubt and Gwen Stefani or even like just having MTV on mm-hmm. or like the box. Mm-hmm. If anybody's old enough to remember the box where yeah. you call in and they play the songs on the TV. I've heard legend. of. The yeah. Box. It's weird. I feel like I'm supposed <laughs> to be old enough to remember the box, but like, I don't ever remember <laughs> seeing it on. Like, I feel like people my age are like, you yeah. remember the box. And I'm like, no, yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's ridiculous because <laughs> you ran up the phone bill and I'm going, well, you shouldn't be calling them. To Collusion between AT&T and MTV, <laughs> both owned by Clear Channel. We're exposing you. <laughs> when AT&T was Southwestern Bell. Ooh. Ah, a little throwback back when Chase or, Bank was Chemical Bank. Or Ameritech. You remember Ameritech? That was kind of like mm. an AT&T. You remember type. Singular? Yes. <laughs> I don't remember little, that. Little, like, three. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. In prime code. All right. I'm, I'm go- Bell Pacific was another one of those. Do you have I any like other this. things that don't exist anymore that you remember? Um, Remember those little boxes where you have the tape um, for voicemail when people leave a voice mm-hmm. message? Like a, uh. an actual, like, rec- answering machine. Yeah, you have to switch the tape mm-hmm. to record more messages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I was talking, this wow. no need to include this, but I'm going to. I was talking with Rosie, shout out to Rosie, to, uh, yesterday about, like, still, if I ever leave a voicemail, I go, hey, it's me. And how funny that is as a thing to say. Because one, <laughs> they know it's me. Two, it's not specific who me is. It's assuming that the person can know. Of, and I think it's from voicemails, where or from, like, answering machines where they didn't know who it was. But even then, I still maybe should have said, hey, it's Daniel. Yeah, say your name. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's the music playing in the house. And you're writing songs in, I'm picturing like composition notebooks at the time. Are we looking loose leaf? Were you a, <laughs> were you a legal pad, loose leaf composition, composition book Composition notebooks. Mm-hmm. Um, this is real journalism. Diaries. Right <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had this little pink diary um, that had a lock on it. Ah. And I had a key for it too and everything. And I would write in it, not just like diary entries, but songs as well. First of all, that's adorable. <laughs> Second of all, did you lose the key? Yeah. Yeah. And that I feel like that's what always happened with those. And then you had to break the lock. Did you ever have to break the lock? Yeah. Which goes to show a, a real flaw in the locked diary system. So mm-hmm. you could just pull it open like a book. Yeah. I would be really <laughs> curious. Did you ever ever, did you keep a journal or a diary? I did. I, so I, I got like in a real big uh, Doug. Mm-hmm. Remember the show Doug Funny? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so like he used to open and close every episode with his journal. Mm-hmm. And like after a season or so, I'm like, you know what, mom? I need one of these journals. He seems to really like begin deep into his thoughts. That I was want to check that out. Yeah. And uh, I did. And I tried to like, I ended up writing little like freaky things about girls I liked. And then my <laughs> mom saw it and then I felt violated. So then my journaling s- slowed down. <laughs> then you were writing for an audience. She, she stole my key as well. <laughs> Ma. <laughs> Here's another fun fact. The person who did the voice of both the sister and the mom on Doug is a family friend of mine. Oh, wow. And we would go over and swim in their apartment building's pool. You're, I knew that. 
You knew that already? I you did. We've been doing that. this for three years. <laughs> I think we're, we're running out. So when <laughs> when did you first start? You said you started singing and writing and all that. But when when was there some sort of structure, whether it was in school or out of school or with your family, where you were like making music? Third grade, I started um, I started playing music. So something, yeah, I was really blessed growing up to be in a school that had a very strong arts program. Mm-hmm. And they really believed in like putting the students in music, drawing, painting, whatever it is, like you have to do something. So we we had to learn uh, violin in third grade, mm. along with the recorder. Like recorder was an entry. I feel like everybody learned recorder. Yeah. <laughs> and none of us know how to play it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All those hours wasted. Which, to be honest, I think is okay. I'm not trying to listen to more recorder. <laughs> but violins, maybe even bad violin is worth, worse to listen to than bad recorder. Definitely. Bad violin is the worst as a former violinist. Mm-hmm. The worst thing in the world is just the screechiness of a violin, especially like 30 of them in yeah. a class. Do you think you could still get some tone out of a violin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's something that that I don't think I've forgotten. And I've recently got to play upright with, um, oh, the, with the bow. Oh. And I actually had to... I So I... Rewind. I learned or, violin. Like an answering machine. <laughs> <laughs> in third grade. And then I switched to upright. So I played upright fourth and fifth grade. And I was pretty cool at it until middle school came and they made me choose. They were like, you either are an orchestra or a choir. And I chose choir, mm. obviously. And that's when I started, you know, my long venture on like reading music and being in choir and singing in church and leading praise and worship throughout middle school and high school. I was very involved in church. Mm. And then um, once I got to like my senior year, I knew that I either wanted to do theater or music. And I originally wanted to move here to join Second City. Okay. Ooh. Fun fact. I wanted yeah. to act. I didn't want to sing. Does that bug still bite at you? Yeah. I love improv. Improvisational theater was my thing throughout mm. high school. Mm. Um, it was short form improv. So I would love to Yeah, you definitely see the way you're talking about it right now. Like that's still a thing yeah, that you I can see definitely that. want to do. <laughs> you lit up for sure. Definitely. I love it. Um, so that's that's in my my near future. Definitely. How's your musical improvising game? Like, is that a place that you get to play kind of in the same kind of way? Mm-hmm. I don't think that I really started taking, like, myself. I, I didn't really start taking myself more seriously until college when I was, you know, in these classes with all these really talented students that could read music really well and sing really well and perform and were seasoned. Like, that really pushed me in some way. And also... um I mean, it's the first time that I met a lot of the people that I still rock with now who pushed me to perform Hmm. and write music and play piano and play guitar. It's like, you can actually do this. Yeah. So it was, was, yeah, it all came together. That permission to like get up and do it is an important good thing. Let's let's get specific. Mm -hmm. Who are a couple of the people who are still part of your life, whether they're musicians who are out in the world or not, who you feel like helped give you that permission? Red, mm-hmm. she's one of the first people that I met um, in my theory class. I heard her singing and she reminded me of my god sister. Her tone was just so warm. Mm-hmm. And I turned around and I was like, is that you singing? And she was like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that was no, a good red it's, like a, it's like a ventriloquist thing. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just so shy and so, you know, just so timid. 
and humble all in the same. And I don't know, it's just her voice just really sparked something in me. It reminded me of my god sister. I grew up with them and their family um, back home in St. Louis, my god sister. And Red's also from St. Louis, right? Yes, she did, is. did y'all have any mutual connections before no. then? Y'all just, y'all just happened yeah, to be the same Yeah, that's the first time we met. <laughs> and I was in a Theory 2 class, and she was sitting right behind me, and I was just like, I guess we here with it. <laughs> I'm in college now. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how much more connected you feel to someone from your city, even if you didn't know them before when you're not in your city anymore? Yeah, it's like, like some type of common ground. Yeah, I feel like I you're you're like deep in the St. Louis expat Chicago music scene. Like there's like a good crew <laughs> of St. Louis people who make things together and like have been doing that here for a mm-hmm. while. Like between Smee and you know, there's just like a wide range of of people who was that like it's not whether that was intentional, but what do you think it was beyond just having some shared references? Is there anything musically that you think is consistent for the folks who came from St. Louis to Chicago that would be different from someone from just who grew up in the city here? Oh yeah. Um I would say it's always just some type of bounce or swag about St. Louis people in general. Like a lot of people I've met over time, I got to meet Pink Caravan. She's from the Lou as well. Um, it's another artist, Tonina. She's a really dope bassist and vocalist from St. Louis that I've been connected with just simply by knowing um, Smee and, and a lot of his community that he's brought here from mm-hmm. St. Louis. Or not even brought, but they've also like just Gravitated. been integrated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> naturally. I think that it's just some type of feel or... Some type of vibration. I, it's something I can't really explain. It's just a vibration I feel. Mm-hmm. How uh, how attuned are you to vibrations in general? This is a a, a left turn, but I'm curious because you were <laughs> talking about being someone who grew up with a you know connection to faith, and and you use the word energy, and we, even we use that to describe you. Like it's something that's very clear because mm-hmm. you like have a specific energy and wavelength you're on. Are you someone who? in getting and connecting with people you're you're working on an energy basis a personality basis a language basis a musical basis what like how do you connect with people all of the above Mm -hmm. just like i'm learning to listen to people and allow people to be people because it's like you can't we all have our expectations and there's things that you do and don't want to deal with with people but people are going to be people Mm -hmm. so it's like people be people in People be people in a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, One I had an actual together. meeting about this about like two weeks ago. Like, man, and I was like the, the, the subject header, like, man, people out here people. In. <laughs> it's like, when are you going to stop being people and start being human? Oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I love it. <laughs> so you said you're just like learning to listen now in a different way and, and, yeah. and pick up on that stuff in a different way. What is that? Just to get more specific, like what does that look like? Or what are some lessons you've learned? Lessons? Um, I would say being on tour and being around a lot of people opened my eyes to accepting people into my space and also drawing that boundary of mm. people being in my space. And when when I, I don't know, I can be a little timid meeting new people and not so outspoken or like rambunctious and like, hey, I'm here. You know, I'm not necessarily that person. So I guess meeting new people just, I don't know, it just kind of sparked something in me to like just always come with that energy because people are going to give what you give them. And I just love, 
I fell in love with meeting new people. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with getting to know people and just being in new spaces, even if these people aren't my family or my mm-hmm. closest friends and relatives. Or people who you're going to like spend the next six months or the next year getting to know. Like even if it's just, it sounds like for a brief time that you're sharing space, like having that be a yeah. warm, intentional, connected thing. And you can invite it and you can be like, no, nah, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so. On this journey and like as you're interacting with with people, we, you know, we talked a lot about how you developed your craft both in like the the church space and the school space. Mm-hmm. When did it be like, all right, I got my shit now. I'm about to interact with the world outside of like the institutions that that are shaping me. How, when did like a more public performance mm-hmm. step take place? I guess um, when I when I decided to drop out, I had to make a tough decision to drop out because I was financially in a bind Mm -hmm. where they weren't allowing me to register. And it was a late registration deal. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I decided to drop out. And I think that was like uh, spring of 2013. Um, I was in she at the time or highness. We had changed our name by then, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, when I, dropped out I was like all right I'm gonna take this more seriously and I'm also out here on my own like for real for I'm not in the dorms anymore I'm not living off of whatever refund checks I'm getting (laughs) you're just a grown-up in Chicago yes exactly um and by that time we I guess we'd been fairly established and I think we were working on a record at the time so that was that was go that was go season. I knew you on those not personally, but I knew your music in those days. Like before the She Highness switch, like mm-hmm. I'd heard some of the She. Did, were you? Yeah, I, I, I definitely saw y'all perform a couple times. I saw y'all at the Double Door. I actually, I don't know if you remember me and my sister performed with y'all at the Art Institute with Kevin Koval and Saba. Yes, at one time. Oh my God! Yeah, the yeah. Rollback. That, that was a, a 2013. Maybe no, that might have been 2014. Actually. I remember that. That's yeah. a very 2014. Yeah. <laughs> first and foremost. <laughs> yeah. So I was definitely been a, a huge fan, and you know, for folks who've been close to the show, we we had an episode where we came to the studio and and did, and talked to you guys as a collective. Um, and I so, think one of our technically worst episodes. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We're gonna, not. I don't mean like. I mean, like on a technological like level, the sound just of it, poor, poor quality. So <laughs> I got our yeah. Face. Try to make it work with a bunch of people in a in a, a practice hall, yeah. uh, a rehearsal hall. <laughs> sound more more like a less like a novice practice. <laughs> but I, I want to kind of you know talk to you now that 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 we're at that point in the story because uh, like there was a little bit of sadness as a fan of seeing the disillusion, but also like happiness and joy because I, I see you guys also in space still together mm-hmm. operating in, in, in with, with love and that you guys now have room to like you know work more on your personal projects just a little retrospect of like that experience and how the transition happened from like your position into mm-hmm. into doing more solo stuff I think we all um we went through a, a lot of different phases we went from like nine girls women being in the group to six and then to five i think um so we went through Groups are hard. if you'd kept going it would have been a solo from a graph perspective <laughs> um but i think that we got to a point where we just i don't know most groups say it's like a creative difference and i would definitely say that that's a 
that's a, a hump that we came to or a mountain that we had to move on our own. Um, we kind of just, I don't want to say grew apart, but naturally everybody wanted something different. Mm-hmm. And it always kind of felt, or not always, but at times it felt like you had kind of like in a group of six, five leads in a different mm-hmm. way and not in a ne- not in a like stealing limelight but in a way of like there's a lot everyone, of talent on everyone stage. is strong yeah. and everyone like if there are if there were five spotlights it would make sense for them all to be on right now or if yeah. there were six spotlights um and, and again as much or as little as you want to share but less like what happened and more just like what are some of the lessons you learned about making stuff together because it was you know many years of creating as mm-hmm. a group or as a collective Mm-hmm. Um, and then things change. So what are some of the things you learned that let's say mm-hmm. you were stepping into a, a, a second big collaboration like that, that you would want to take from the first one? Oh, that's a difficult question. Or even for your own personal process. Um, I learned to communicate hmm. and not uh, let your ego get in the way. Hmm. And also to just let people know what you want yeah like you know what you want and you shouldn't feel guilty or afraid to do what you need to do by any means necessary to get what you want yeah and if people like can't really rock with that you can compromise but you can't compromise too much because then you'll be unhappy yeah um that's something i definitely learned i also learned a great deal of patience working with so many different minds. Hmm. I'm watching you think. I yeah. see the gears turning. What are you? Th- what are you thinking <laughs> as you're talking about this? I'm just trying to think of like the moments that we created together, the the things that we created together, because we created some really amazing music together. I just think that I didn't know myself creatively. Hmm. Also, wasn't very confident in myself and what I could do. Now coming into a lot of collaborations, I just remind myself that I'm here for a reason and I should not feel, I shouldn't feel um, insecure Mm. or like I'm not capable of making something great just because I don't have a certain ability. Like there's people that can play way better than me. There's people that can sing better than me or can do, everybody can, everybody's strong and they're different, right? Um, And I bring that to the table. It's no competition. It's no, oh, I have this idea and I want this idea stick. It's like, listen to this other person and what their idea and like really work together to mold that together. Yeah. 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 I mean, it sounds like from what you're saying, it's something that I've been wrestling with just personally is the uh, idea that like making your needs or your thoughts or your opinions known is different from like not assuming that that creates a confrontation. So like, I think, as someone who is relatively non-confrontational, I sometimes won't take the step to be like, here's what I think, or here's what I need. I won't make my needs known because in my mind, it jumps from me saying that to an argument or a confrontation. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of middle ground in there. And that like in a good collaborative relationship, I think that's where people, like that's the space where the good stuff happens Mm -hmm. is when different people are bringing different things. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're at, you know, that people want like different competing things. Yeah. And in thinking about that, you know, y'all were very specific to call yourselves a collective. Yeah. Um, 
what and collective kind of being in contrast to uh like competition uh or uh conflict not conflict but like the idea of a collective is that everyone is is doing their piece to build the whole right mm-hmm. um how do you define collective now based off that experience that might be different from how you defined it when y'all chose to use that word yeah collective um i guess that um, i guess that a lot of a lot of us wanting to become a collective was because people wanted different things mm-hmm. and wanted to stand solo. Mm-hmm. And um, in the same, in the same token, I guess we become so comfortable as a band where it's like the drummer plays the drums, the pianist plays the keys, um, you know, guitarist plays guitar. Like mm-hmm. that's what you do mm-hmm. in a band. Like there's no moving around, right. but it's like a lot of people don't see bands that do that, that switch around. Yeah. And um, even furthermore, a lot of people don't see bands operate in a way where they're collective, where each individual person is their own mm-hmm. and then they can come together and make something. Good. Very, very Wu-Tang. <laughs> you know, Wu-Tang, internet. It's a lot of yeah. groups like that. Yeah. that internet exists is now. a great example of that. Yeah. 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 And it's great. I I love what they do. And I think that that is a point in which you have to decide, like, what do you want for you? And how can we make this work together? And if you don't want to make it work together, then we can't make it work together. And I think that 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 can admitting that can be a healthy choice. So moving away a little bit from that retrospect to the present, um, Mm -hmm. because I imagine, you know, that real big dense experience um really informs the way you collaborate now and so you know presently you have a really you know forward-facing relationship with eddie burns of the the burns twins Mm -hmm. uh and and how has that been going and how did that relationship come about we had them on uh a few months back as well how is that feeling for you right now and what have you learned that like aids that relationship it's great um i think that we met maybe like two and a half years ago or something like that at tonic room i played a show i think that was the first time i met him um and he was like oh we gotta work let's work and it was history from there and we just continued to just link up whenever we could and make music and i kind of fell back because i was producing a lot i'm you know but not so hands-on because he would be doing a lot of the work um what do you mean by that it kind of like it was that producer songwriter relationship where you produce the the beat the record you record you you know let me give me that feedback of the energy that needs to come forth on this part like really producing a record together and i think that really changed recently it's really changed my perspective on what it is to be a producer like you're not just producing a beat you're producing the record, mm-hmm. yeah, that exactly. energy, how it's recorded, mm-hmm. the delivery. I want you soft on this part. You should be louder on this part. You should go high this part. I think this melody should be like this. Like the songwriting process and making the beat is all one when you're mm-hmm. producing the record. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, I really learn a lot from him being in the studio and yeah, it, seeing how he works. It's too. an interesting role. And it's, you know, it's a weird conflation of the, you know, the term being the same for, you know, in hip hop, but and people have talked about this to death, so we don't really need to get that far into it. But I do think <laughs> there is like that is a specific important role 
that can come in a lot of different ways is the person, whether it's someone who's actually hands-on on the keyboard or on the drum pad or whatever, or someone who's just listening and in the room and kind of getting a feel for like, here's a little tweak or here's a thing to go. And here's how mm-hmm. we, we shape the big picture of it. And, mm-hmm. and I think, I, I just think that would be helpful for a lot of people to have, because how many times do you hear something that like sounds good, but incomplete? And I think that that's a way that you make things sometimes feel complete and full and whole is to have someone who's their whole job is the big picture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we need to also produce other things in our life besides music. Is there ways that like that learning from that production process of like taking that care uh, helps you in just day to day life? Like whether it's like, I need to produce <laughs> this meal. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <You know? laughs> My um, vocal coach throughout college would tell us that if you can apply it to music, you can apply it to life. Hmm. So I take that everywhere with me. What are a couple of lessons from music that you carry with you in the rest of your life? Um, singing, I would say, um, if you're not feeling, if I'm not feeling well and I have to sing, it's a different approach to singing that I have to take, hmm. which is, I guess, translate to life where like if things aren't going as you expect it you have to make a different approach it's yeah. not necessarily a loss yeah you just gotta approach it different how about you dave i'm thinking about a, a, a slogan that we've brought many times now which is center the kick mm-hmm. which is musically like the kick is at the center but what about in the rest of the life like what does centering the kick look like you don't have to have an answer i'm just curious hmm i don't know how do you make life knock uh, <laughs> that's great yeah. uh so what is the uh, it's the draw i think uh laughter right like mm-hmm. i think figuring out ways to there are a lot of places where like you're traditionally not supposed to be funny and if you bring in uh, uh an energy that allows laughter like regularly right because the thing about like the kick is that it's a pattern and if that's like a part of you know whether we're talking about police or we're talking about nutrition or you know whatever uh or like you're at your job figuring out a way to to make folks laugh yeah i like that so the kick being the laugh Mm -hmm. yeah that's cool now i'm trying to think of one one musical element that you bring to life yeah the um I think like syncopation and we've, we've elaborated on this on another project. We're doing this signal flow web series thing where it's kind of all this job of like take a musical element and then extrapolate it to life. But syncopation being like purposeful breaking of patterns Mm -hmm. to try to create something that is new and engaging and like makes people move in a different way. So it's not canceling the pattern. It's not shutting it down. It's not getting rid of the, the rhythm. It's how do we like play with it and move it. And, and make it be arranged differently in a way that moves people in different ways. Yeah. So I think that that's one for me. So, yeah. So I, I hear you. I, I hear that parallel, right? Of like, I can imagine like, let's say you you feel a little fatigued or you you have a, a pain in your chest and like, you have to like physically use your breath. I'm sure your posture has to be different. Yeah. So, so like in life, the parallel of that, of like, if you're like emotionally or, or, or physically as well, like not feeling well, how do you like, proverbially change your voice to get through the day or to still be able to perform with the, you know, with a certain type how? of, yeah. Like, how do you, you, how do you, like, I hear the parallel that you made yeah. no sense of like when you're not feeling well singing, you got to change it. So mm-hmm. the same way in life, what are some examples of how that could look? What, um, technically like, or, or more like in life, right? Like, like some was, ways that you break, that you adapt when things aren't going well to get back on track. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Because hmm. I think everyone does it. A lot of people do it differently. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. 
That's yeah, real. That's <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love when people say, I don't know. That makes me so happy. <laughs> what do you think, Dame? I got one for me is, yeah, you go. Uh, I just, I just have had a similar type of parallel. So I, I've been like trying to use physical fitness as like a, like a kind of a, a, a guiding compass to like reboot life. Mm-hmm. And so like learning like, oh, I know how many times I can do a thing, but on a certain day, if I'm like not feeling well or like depressed and like I physically am not as strong as I was like three days ago, instead of panicking, being okay with that mm-hmm. and like taking it lighter. And, but like not giving up and like staying. And so uh, like just going through my day of like, oh, I need to kind of like power down my energy and maybe not try to like make a joke all the time and kind of just remain present because getting through yeah. the, the day, which is like getting through the, the workout is, yeah. is a value. Oh, yeah. yeah. Knowing the limit and then mm-hmm. also being, like you said, gentle with yourself when you can't do a thing. Right. Just because just because you could do it before doesn't yeah, mean you I, can do it. I'm then. not the same person every day. I'm not just me at my best. Right. It's You're not the same person every day. Right. Because mm-hmm. our atoms renew mm-hmm. and we shed skin. That's true. Exactly. Every seven years, whole different person. Wow. Exactly. And then on the macro scale, every hundred <laughs> years, whole new population. <laughs> wow. Every hundred years, brand new people. <laughs> Which is, there's like four people alive who were alive 110 years ago. Everyone else, brand new. <laughs> so, so what's um, what's exciting you right now? Like when when you like about to go to bed and you're thinking about life as it's like coming up, and that's when I think about the future the most. Like, where where do you see? Not like where do you see? Yourself that's why you can't years. sleep. <laughs> but but. <laughs> Not where do you see yourself, but what is the, the the pool or the excitement? I think I got a good sense of the trajectory of where you are. And as a fan, I have excitement. What, where does your personal excitement lie? What makes me excited? Um, I would have to say um, recently the unknown mm. makes me both fearful and excited. But um, I think that fear is not as real as it feels. What do you mean? It's like um I like how we mmmed and what do you mean at the same time? <laughs> we, that was a nice harmony there. <laughs> yeah. It's like okay, I had this analogy on the train the other day. Oh, you never think about the fact that the train is constantly moving forward. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how we view fearing the unknown. It's like, what are you fearing? You're gonna move forward regardless right. and you're gonna get to your stop. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was talking again, talking with Rosie last night and we were talking about just getting older and like knowing that people are going to f- pass and, and, and just the idea of that growth and like that movement never stopping. Yeah. And that can be terrifying. And there's also something that's at least for me, such a relief in that mm-hmm. of like, finally something that I don't have to control, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's just a thing that I have no control over and it's going to keep happening. Yeah. And you can just like enjoy the the like um vibrations of the train shaking as it moves and get off where you can and you know like I don't know I'm trying to stretch a metaphor here but for you how do you think about like where's the train going what what does that metaphor mean for you um I'm excited because I'm I don't know how to really say this or word this um I would say <laughs> I'm just excited about um, where I am now mentally and physically 
and pushing myself and just seeing where that progresses because it's not going to be regressive. Mm. So I'm just really excited to see how all of this, um, this work and patience for myself pays off in the next year. Mm. Cause I've been really just being more gentle on myself and taking care of myself. And mm. I think that a lot of people can, identify with that it's like a season of really just taking care of yourself and taking your time and doing what you need to do that's best for you so yeah i'm just excited to like (laughs) see myself healed completely and not even completely because there's always something that you know a new thing process yeah Yeah. but i'm just excited just to see myself in a very strong stable place Mm -hmm. that i'm working towards Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. I think that's a a great point to transition into our winding down of this hour. (laughs) So excited. We got the guitar in the studio. Really want to hear from you. But before that, real quick, we play this game here Mm -hmm. on Ergo Radio. And it is... uh, You think this is a game? It is the center of our work, right? Like we got deep into your personal story, but now we're going to go really deep. Yeah. Uh, And it's all about accountability. And we use beef as an accountability tool here on Ergo Radio. So every week... We ask our guests to help us with this this quest for accountability against a, a population that I think has run amok. And I'm excited to hear what you think <laughs> because you have knowledge and you're closely related. And that group is R&B singers. Yeah. So every week we invite our guests to start beef with an R&B singer. Because like in hip hop, you step out of bounds as a beef track. Mm-hmm. R&B, you start tweaking and you can just like make a new album and nobody remembers. So beef with an R&B singer, any era and why. Keith Sweat. Yeah. Yes. Bravo. Yes. Care to elaborate? <laughs> Keith Sweat used to annoy me very oh, much yes. when I was younger. Yes. Because his voice <laughs> was just You were doing like... something for David right now. This is the, the, the confirmation of something deep in your, in your bones. You used to annoy... What annoyed you about him? I just did not like his voice. delivery. Yeah. I didn't like his voice. Mm-hmm. And it would annoy me. It would annoy me so much. And mm-hmm. people would just go crazy. What's the hoopla about? I like, still don't get it. Like he's on Martin singing and yeah. I'm like, why is he on Martin Martin's yeah. show? Like <laughs> And then he was on the Wayne Brothers too. Yeah, it's like, ah. Uh. <laughs> All right. That that that's for the fresh prince and complete the trifecta. <laughs> so now that's some singing we don't like. Uh are we about to be blessed with some singing that that we like, do want to hear? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, quite possibly. <laughs> well, very excited. We, we, we will give you the floor to uh, take us away. I think the question is not whether... It wasn't whether we're going to like it or not. It was whether you're, you're going to do it. it. <laughs> I want to just make that clear. It wasn't like, we, we're going to enjoy this. <laughs> Fresh as all. You need a second to tune? Yeah, I do cool. need a second to tune. While uh, Luna is tuning, which I like that the, the um, assonance in that, I think this is a perfect opportunity to maybe tell people about Cam and Damon. <laughs> Since we have time, and I think the record should show it. No, there is not enough time for Cayman Damon. Can you please just give a little snippet of Cayman Damon? <laughs> it's not my thing. Oh. My, so shout out to Pops. Uh, he's been going to Cayman Islands for so long that now the locals refer to him as Cayman Damon. So <laughs> we're going to have a party when we get off the, the beach. So if you want to follow the exploits of Cayman Damon, look up hashtag <laughs> Cayman Damon. <laughs> oh, he's just got an island that is just fully on board it's fantastic and so we'll we'll uh, do our shout outs now as you get ready so we're at ergo radio uh on all platforms i'm damon underscore af i'm at ergo kiss 
And uh, we'll be back next week uh, with another conversation showcasing uh, Chicagoans and people from around the country reshaping our culture for the more equitable and the more creative. Luna, you, you ready to take us on out? Yeah. Cool. song is called Catch-22. I wrote this in like maybe uh, 2012. I was sent to fight for what I thought was mine. Followed a shining light, an evil man's disguise. And I resisted days, thinking in familiar ways. Form I escape ridicule and hate. This is a story I shouldn't have told. No, I know me for being honest, so bold. I'm just telling you what you should know. Uh, listen closely, watch it unfold. This is a story I shouldn't have told. No, don't matter me for being honest, so bold. I'm just telling you what you should know. Listen closely, I'm damned if I do. I'll be hurting you. And all I wanted was you. Battling scars to prove. But hell, if I do not follow through with what I ask for, I'll be biting the hand that keeps me yearning for more. This is a story I shouldn't have told. No, I know me for being honest, so bold. I'm just telling you what you should know. Listen closely, watch it unfold. This is a story I shouldn't have told. No, don't mind me for being honest, so bold. I'm just telling you what you should know. Listen closely. Oh, this is a story I shouldn't have told. Don't honor me for being honest, so bold. I'm just telling you what you should know. Listen closely. Oh, this is a story I shouldn't have told. Don't honor me for being honest, so bold. I'm just telling you what you should know. Listen closely, watch it unfold. Oh, oh, Oh my goodness. Well, that was beautiful. Luna, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh my Appreciate goodness. You so I'm, much. I'm, uh, I'm struck down. Yeah, I was touched. We got to get out of here. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Much love to the people. Peace. You don't mind wasting time saving
So you're listening to Ergo, right? Which we appreciate. But you want Ergo and all your other podcasts to sound good. That's why you should be listening on Overcast. Overcast is a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store.